welcome to the Weekly Review with Sean Sirock. I am Sean Keenan Torres in here. And of course, I am joined along with. And it's your boy, Sirock the Mike. How we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I see we got uh, a special guest here. Why don't you go ahead and introduce him to everybody? Yeah, so um, today I got a good friend of mine, special guest, workout partner, buddy. I mean, well, we work out at the same place, so I guess that's considered a workout partner. But my guy, Devin Paladino. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, bro. Thanks for having me on. Hey, man, no problem, man. Devin um, has a very, very interesting story that uh you know kind of caught my eye when actually from the gym when you know we were working out you're kind of telling me about you know your history and is also a published author god damn my man's a published author right damn congratulations congratulations i can't even write like a love letter let alone a book (laughs) (laughs) so devin um obviously with all those those popped up on uh, amazon you know everyone act like it's such an easy thing but we all know it's not so yes very true Go ahead and give us some edge, some some thoughts on how that all went together for you. So basically, I always have people say, you know, you should write a book on your life. You should do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, the whole coronavirus pandemic happened, and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so I'm here in Florida by myself because I'm from Illinois, and I'm like, okay, I'm here in Florida by myself. You know, everybody that went home because the pandemic and the semester is already over, right? And so it's just the summertime. And, you know, everything's closed, can't do nothing. So I'm like, all right, you know, why don't I use this time to write a book? And I've always said I want to do mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. if you don't know, you know, when people say they're going to do something, they always linger on it and lingers, exactly. lingers. And then 10 years from now, you're saying, I still want to write a book. So I'm like, <laughs> I might as well just do it now while we're in the middle of the pandemic. You can't do nothing. Let's just get it done now. So I literally just sat at a desk mm-hmm. the whole summer and would just write for hours, just write mm-hmm. for hours, go to work go to the gym, come back and write for hours. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did the whole summer. And I wrote mm-hmm. 330 pages, 176,000 words. And I finished it, watched a whole lot of YouTube to figure out what I'm doing. Cause I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah, I, I was hear like, you. Right, how do you get this book on Amazon? You, you, hey, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube University. Yeah. YouTube, yeah, YouTube. I swear, if I, anytime I need to figure out anything out, I go straight to YouTube. Cause YouTube is just, everything's there. So I, I went there. And then I started learning the steps, you know, taking notes, figuring out how I was supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And then it all just came together, you know, made sure my bread was right to be able to, you know, pay an editor, pay for a formatter, you know, pay for graphic design, the photo shoot and okay. all that. Yep. And uh, put it all together and took me. So I finished writing the book in August. Okay. And it took me a while because I couldn't really find an uh, editor and I had no idea where to go. Like, where do you find a book editor at? And then exactly. I'm looking at some of these places and they asked, like somebody wanted um four thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Like, that's a damn. That's a house payment. <laughs> that's a new car. So I'm like, yeah, that's more than my house payment. <laughs> I ain't paying you know four thousand dollars to read over my book. So I um so one of my friends who wrote a book, uh, she referred me to this app called Fiverr, and I went on there, mm-hmm. okay. and there's a whole bunch of freelance editors. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of pissed off because. I went on there and I paid this lady almost a thousand dollars out of my book. Oh and, damn! And I get the book back and people are telling me there's spelling errors in it, there's misspelled words. I'm oh like, man! I'm like, what the hell? I can you get you, can you get your money back from that or no? No, you know the app is sneaky because once they finish writing your book, you can't keep in contact with them. Because I had told <laughs> her, I was like, yeah, I'm like, what the hell? I asked, I asked her, I said, hey, can I um, can we keep in touch for when I write my second book? She's like, well. 
uh, and the app were not supposed to keep in touch. And she was some lady from England. I'm like, well, you spelled everything wrong. (laughs) Yeah, like I was, I I was mad about it because I'm like, she, she uh, finished editing it, and then I get the book back, and I'm reading through it a little bit, and I don't see no errors Mm because you know everything. You know, usually when you see an error, it's going to show up red or blue. Is it weird to read your own? writing you know it's funny because i've never rewritten i've never reread the book oh shit well because you know what happened (laughs) yeah i already know what happened so i ain't gotta reread it and i'm the one who wrote the damn thing yeah uh so i was so pissed because people are telling me like there's there's a couple spelling errors in it and this that because the first day i published the book it Mm -hmm. sold 30 copies on the first day shit did you do do a lot did you do a lot of like marketing or anything like that or was just kind of like word of mouth what i did was i I went into the photo shoot and you know, uh, I, was, I had never done a photo shoot. Hold on, I got to write this down. Write book, then do yeah. photo shoot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, so I didn't go to prom. My ex-girlfriend broke up with me the day, like a week before prom. So I didn't go to prom. Oh, so man. Gosh. And uh, I never wore a suit before or nothing like that. So, um, you know, I'm like, I go yeah, to man. men's warehouse. I don't know what size I am. I don't know nothing. I just see this cool blue suit on Google. I'm like, hey. Yeah, you bring up a picture. Like, make me yeah, look like, like this. Yeah, can I look like this? And uh, and then they get oh, me the suit right. They fit me and all that. You know, get ready. And then I'm looking for because you know I just moved to Tampa. Uh, it's, now it's been a year. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I was doing it, it was only like I've been here for like six months. And then um, you know I'm asking you know where can I get a photo shoot at? Looking up on Google, calling all these different places. Were they I'm like thinking, were they asking you like oh are you in a wedding or is this a special occasion or well, I, told like, them nah, I wrote a book. They're like. Oh. You know, everybody does that. Anytime I say I wrote a book, they all look at me like I'm crazy. Like, you wrote a book? You wrote a well, book? I mean, How old are you? I mean, I, you're saying you are kind of, you know, the lighter shade, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. So, like, you know. Just oh, what, the, what's that? Before, we go, before we take it one step further, give me permission to record there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Sorry. That's what the only thing about Zoom. Like, you got to give, like permissions for a lot of stuff is if like yeah it's like i got like i got children i think i got it right did you get it yeah okay it should be working so like you know obviously it's hard enough to write a book it's hard enough to to even get through a you know from beginning to end you know it's a little easier when it's about your life so yeah you know it's relatable obviously um so like let's let's go into detail a little bit so what not necessarily what is it about, but how was your upbringing and how does that relate to the story as well? Man, my upbringing was crazy as hell. Okay. Uh, start basically. from when Start from when you can remember, I guess. So what I can remember is I was a set. This is, this, I, this is what I remember. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm growing up, you know, I'm with my, with my dad and my, mm-hmm. I have an older sister, same mom, same dad. This and, is Chicago, right? Oh, uh, this is Rockford. So Rockford, it's about Illinois. an hour, okay. hour and 30 yeah. minutes. Okay. So um, I'm growing up and everything. And uh, so I just remember being a little kid and mm-hmm. going to my mom's house, going to my dad's house, going back and forth, back and forth. Right. And my mom and dad always fighting and arguing. And I remember when I was a little kid, I saw my dad like beat up my mom. Right. And so, uh, you know, that happened. And... Uh, I remember, like, ever since I was about six years old, I would always be interviewed by DCFS. 
they will always uh, come to my they would always explain come to, my to the listeners because some people don't know what that is but what is DC, so, yeah. dcfs yeah. Is, is department of children and family services so it's basically um they come in if there's like abuse going on or whatever right. and i have been placed in that when i was two years old because my dad broke my mom's hip Oh and shit! I was placed in that because my dad got arrested and my mom, something happened with her and I got placed in the foster care. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what happened after that, but obviously they ended up getting me back. And like, I just remember all the time being like a little kid in kindergarten and a DCFS worker would always come and ask me questions, like take questions on it. How is mm-hmm. your dad? How is your mom? All this Do you that. know, are you like aware of why they're there and what's going on? Or is just first, like, a... I wasn't aware okay. because what my dad would do is he would have me, he would sit down. Mm-hmm. With me and my older sister and he'd tell us what to say like say this about your mom if you don't say this we can't go to disney world we can't go oh, to oh so you Fidel, already so he was giving that. you like a script so he already the whole spill the script of what to say and, you know mm-hmm. i don't know what the hell is going on so i'm right. saying it and then i remember coming out i remember like being a six-year-old kid playing in the uh playing in this little um area in the courtroom and mm-hmm. my mom coming out and she just crying her eyes out you know gives me and my older sister a hug and then she leaves. And then we didn't go over to her house no more. We didn't see her no more. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then there was one other time when I was seven years old. I was playing outside with my older friend. And she comes driving all along the side Because you, you were staying with your dad. That's yeah, I was okay. staying with my dad. And then she comes driving along the side of the house. And then, she's, uh, and then I see her. And I'm waving hi to her and stuff. And then I was all excited because I'm like, I just saw my mom. I ain't seen her in forever. Right. And I go run inside and I tell my stepmom. And then she calls the police instantly. Oh, and then shit. my step, my real mom gets out the car and is ready to fight my stepmom. And then, you know, the police come and she leaves. And I guess she lost complete custody of us. She's not supposed to be around oh, us. Man. And af- after that day, I never, I didn't see her no more. Like I didn't. And you, see you her. haven't I, seen her since? I, no, I, I've, I haven't seen her, but I've talked to her on the phone. But like, ever, but when that happened, I didn't see her or talk to her for like seven, eight, nine. About six years, six Holy or seven years. Wow. Yeah, that must have been rough, man. Like that has to be like, yeah, because you know, like... I was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't know like what happened. Like anytime we, and then my dad was very abusive, so he was... beat the, like he beat the shit out of me, my sisters, my stepmom. What, and what were my some of the stories that were given to you? What were some of the stories that? So were basically, given to you? like the stories that were given to me was like my mom is a psychopath, and you know she. Uh... So my mom is actually from Africa. Oh shit, and where? She's from Chad, Africa. And my dad and her met because my dad was in the Marines and those uh-huh. two met over there. Okay. And you know, she's she's actually black. She's your color. And uh <laughs> and a lot and a lot of people are like uh like they always ask me what my ethnicity is. Yeah. Some people think I'm Hispanic, some people think I'm black. Maybe yeah, I was I didn't want to ask them, oh, you know. You, you just look yeah. high yellow. You just look high yellow, man. I'm just telling yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like they would be saying, like, you know, she's crazy and all this stuff. And you know, we weren't allowed to talk about it because you know, we get beat like my dad was the type of person where if you did not do what he said you didn't do what he liked to do mm-hmm. if you didn't do anything to the books you would get hit and so we just grew up like well what the hell happened to our mom like i remember i saw her and i don't see her no more and then that was it and all i knew was that she was some crazy psychopath lady and all this and that. did you did you um because i i mean i have step parents and i love them to death but did like was there ever like any resentment towards like your stepmother just because you know like once you, like your mom's there and then she's gone and when you're a kid man it's like you don't like you say you don't really know what's going on you know no. but like as you get older you can kind of look back and like, oh, you start okay. to figure stuff out exactly yeah. well like 
the thing, well, I didn't like my, I hated my dad and I did not like my stepmom mm -hmm. because what would happen was, is my dad would beat the crap out of me, like mm -hmm. me, my sisters, my, uh, and like random kids in the street. <laughs> my stepmom would be, but Bro, my stepmom I mean, that was most black family growing up. Adventure. <laughs> But my stepmom would be the antagonizer. So she, every time uh, my dad would get home, she would tell him every little thing I did wrong. And he would come, like, I'd be sleeping in the middle of the night, throw me out my bed and just start beating me. But I remember one time he took a wooden spoon to start, a uh, uh, metal spoon to start beating me with it. And, um, you know, like, it was kind of like, it pissed me off because here I have a dad that's beating me for everything I'm doing. Then I have right. a stepmom who's antagonizing it, telling him everything that I'm doing wrong every single night he gets home and mm -hmm. I'm getting beat off of that. So I didn't like either of them. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's why when I was a little kid, I always was outside, always right. outside. Never Avoiding, inside yeah, never want to go inside, avoid it. No, because like yeah. when I was inside, like my dad would take naps. If you woke him up out of his nap, you get beat. If you didn't do exactly the same, all this stuff, like, and I'm talking, when I got beat, this man picked me up by my feet and slammed me on my chin and broke my chin when I was 10 years old. And I had a concussion. I couldn't talk for, like, weeks. What and did you, so, like, with the um, with the child protection services, they didn't, like, after your mom left, they didn't, like, revisit you to see if everything's okay? No, or? He, had, he had full custody. And, oh, so it doesn't you know, even matter. Kid, we don't know what. We don't know what to do. Like we're getting beat, and yeah, you, know, you don't know what abuse is. Hit. You just think you did something. Yeah, wrong. you don't know. We think that's normal. And I started the first time I actually realized that stuff was not normal was when I was in sixth grade and I had health class, mm -hmm. and they started talking about child abuse and stuff like that. And I remember I had asked. Uh, I don't think I didn't ask the teacher. I asked a friend, and I was like, "So if your dad like you know like punches you and kicks you and throw you across the room and stuff like that's not." normal whoopings and like hell no <laughs> and i'm thinking like wait y'all don't like, get beat <laughs> I'm, yeah because i'm just a delusional kid like i'm thinking this is normal like this always happens and mm -hmm. i remember one time i was so i was in fifth grade and i was so scared no third fourth grade and i i wasn't good with math i'm not good with math and i was so scared that entire year i had my friend do my homework on the bus oh, every shit. day we rode the same bus and we'd be on the bus for like 30 minutes. And I always had him do all my homework for me because he knew math. And mm -hmm. then what I would do yeah. is I would rewrite over what he wrote in my handwriting. So it looked like I did it. And one day they end up figuring out because when you take a test, you know, it looks yeah, like he can't okay. do exactly. Yeah, you can't do the test for you. So I remember I came back from a test and my dad like saw the report card and I got the shit beat out of me and then he found out that i was having somebody Cheating. do my homework for oh, me man. and you know mm. is it do you, do you think like a part of it is because because you know like you said your dad was in the military and sean you're a veteran so like does that you know because I, I know there's always that discipline factor as far as like you know the armed forces do you think like that has anything to do with like just the strictness and or, or do you think it's just something totally different no no I told you, I told you before, my kids are uh, literally on one hand. I can tell you how many times I've worked my kids in my entire life. Okay. So, I mean, no, it has nothing to do with that. Okay. Like, yeah, see, that's they tried to pull that. Granted, my grandfather, you know, and my grandfather, he was he was army as well. And yeah, for my uncles and dunks, he was a little heavy handed. Mm -hmm. And you know, I got me with a tree trunk one time. But outside of compared to him and what my at the time step parent did, yeah, night and day. Like his was a whooping, and the other guy, step parent. 
So yeah, I feel you. Beating uh, sounds so much more worse than a whistle. So it's, 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 it, it is, bro. Oh, it, oh, it's. I mean, you get the difference between a witch and a tree trunk. I mean, I <laughs> you can get a switch any day. <laughs> switch. That's why, I like, I don't live near trees. It, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a switch. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's, I'd rather take a switch than a tree turn any day. But yeah, but the army has nothing that that's just who you are. And, okay. And, and it's either there or it's not. It doesn't matter. The army's not gonna do it to you. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm glad you guys cleared that up. But, but yeah, after um after all that, like the beatings and all mm-hmm. that for years. So my stepmom, she eventually got tired of it and you know, she left. And she and they had two kids together and she took the two kids and left because he was beating oh, her so up. You have so you have stepbrothers and stepsisters. Just yeah, I have. Oh, those were her kids beforehand. No, they had two kids together. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was me and my older sister, and then he met her, and then they had two kids together. But he was, he was was he abusing everyone, all four you? Yeah, guys? everybody in the house. But I, of course, I got it worse. And um, you know, they uh, she ended up like it was 2013. Mm-hmm. I remember, yeah, 2013. Um, one in the summertime, she just left. She was tired of it, and she mm-hmm. left one day. Cause he had promised to never do it again. And then he took her into the kitchen and was beating her and you know, screaming and all that. So and when you're, when you're like, that. when you're, you know, viewing all this abuse, like not when it's not towards you, when it's like towards your stepmom or maybe a sibling, like, do you feel helpless or is it just like, you know, no, man, that's just like the scary, normal thing. It's scary. Like in the moment you like your adrenaline's racing and your heart's racing. And it's like, you don't know what to do. Like you just like, you're kind of in shock. It's yeah. like you're in shock watching somebody get beat. And it's like, you're just, and then as a kid, you don't know what to do. You just stand there. But like, of course, when you get older, you know, you break that stuff up or, you know, mm-hmm. do what you got to do. And, um, you know, as a kid, all I would do is just, I remember I would be stuck there. But then one day I had ran out the house mm-hmm. and I ran to the neighbor's house to get help. And mm-hmm. um, I had no socks because what happened was is uh because i had got beat before and when i was 10 years old i ran away because my dad beat me and in the middle of him beating me i escaped outside and i ran Mm -hmm. and i ran for miles and miles i didn't have no shoes on no socks on my feet were all bloody all that and this man was chasing me for all all across the city and they ended up this lady ended up finding me because my shirt was ripped uh-huh. And he ripped my shirt. Like, who's this 10-year-old kid running with half a shirt on? Yeah, 10-year-old kid with no shoes, no socks on, and a ripped shirt just walking down the busy street. And then she had pulled over, and she had asked what happened and stuff. And I told her, like, um, like what had happened. And, uh, you know, the police didn't do nothing, and they ended up taking me back home and stuff. But Isn't that crazy? Like, they when, yeah, bro. That's when, what, that's what made me so mad. And that's why, like, I tell you, like, I couldn't wait to be grown. Because I hated my childhood. I hated being a kid. Because not only did that stuff happen. Okay, let me continue my story. So after that happened, um, you know, after my stepmom left and she took the kiss and left, like a few months later, he ended up driving up there and stabbing her. Wait, and, what? Yeah, he uh, he couldn't take her leaving him. And him not being able to see the two kids. So he drove up there and he stabbed her about five times. And he ended up uh, going to prison for attempted murder. He's been in, and he's shit. been in prison since I was thirteen. And you how know, long he's, um, is he still in now? Yeah, he's still in there now. How long is and, his you know, sentence? Uh, I don't know. I think it's <laughs> like I checked it like uh maybe like a year ago. I know he's gonna be in there until like 2025, 2028. Shit, that's like that. around the corner. You know they do they send? I'm pretty sure they send you like a a letter 
saying, yo, your dad is out just to give you a heads up. <laughs> you should get the hell out of Dodge or something. Well, he's in Illinois. I'm in Florida, so I'm good. I, mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, he like, drove, you said he drove up just to stab somebody. So I mean, he's an old ass man. He's gonna be like fifty something. I know. Get off me, <laughs> yeah. And it mean, uh, but like what happened was is like uh, so she he ended up stabbing her, and you know, she uh, you know, she almost died and she mm-hmm. recovered and all that. And he went to prison. And uh he's been in prison since I was 13. And then my mom and then you know, my stepmom, she didn't want nothing to do with us no more, obviously. Yeah. Cause, like, yeah, because she was. Uh, you know, that, was, that, was you, that was actually my next question: If you have a relationship with her now? No, 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 not no, at all. I haven't talked to her since 2014. Like, nope. Yeah, I mean, her. like from what you tell us, she was. You well, know, what about your antagonizing? Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, what about your what about your what about your, your siblings from her? Though? So my siblings, um, the, I haven't talked to those the, her the two little girls. I ain't talked to them in, since 2014 either. Like, Same. she basically just took her stuff and left. Like. F you guys. And what guns. what about your older sister? So my older sister, uh, we don't talk. You know, Damn, speak. man. So you by yourself. That's how it is, bro. Yeah, yeah. I ain't tripping. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, no, that. that's that's good, but I'm just saying. I, like, yeah, but I mean, we got separated at a young age. Right. So and so like after I was saying, like after she had got stabbed and all that, and my dad went to prison, we got me and my older sister was still still together. Uh-huh. But we got sent to um we got sent to live with my aunt and uncle. And then okay. my aunt and uncle. Now, know, when you say you got sent to live with them, like, was that? So um, we, we had, uh, so actually, that's when we got placed in the foster care system. So after okay. after my dad had went to prison, um, which was 13, that next week, um, we had, my aunt and uncle obviously stepped up to take us in. Uh-huh. And then that's when we started having foster care agents. Like, we would have all these people come and interview us, like, talk to us and, Come see well, us what, all the time. What were some of the questions they'd ask? Do you remember any of the questions they'd ask you? Um, I know it was always like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Um, <laughs> I'm like, my dad asked. And um, and then they would say, like, uh, like, um, do you like the home? Um this I, I can't remember. are you being hit? Yeah, you know, stuff like that. That's a, like and that's that's would, hard for you to answer because you don't like besides obviously, are you being hit? But like you know, at your age, you don't really, you still don't understand what's really going no, on. No, you don't really know what the hell's going on. You this, just have all these, like, it was so annoying. because All the time, you just have all these people come up and ask you questions and interview you and all this. Man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even know who the hell you are. I never even met you a day in my life. And, and so it would be intimidating. They, well, it would be so, intimidating because they'd come and they'd be all dressed up in their, like, fancy clothes and all that. I'm like, what the, who the hell is this? Is this a lawyer or something? Like, what the hell is going on? And I'd be in my pajamas and stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. What were you saying? So uh, when you went through this, when you were going through the court system part to, uh, for, for making decisions, did you ever see that? I'm, I'm sure maybe now you do, but did you ever see that during that time as like, okay, this is definitely going to be a lot better than when I just left? Oh, for sure. Um, my fear... Um, cause I was, my biggest fear was my dad. And after that, I was like, that person's gone. Like, I don't have to be scared no more. You know, um, I don't have to be scared of getting hit anymore. Um, but I did have a lot of anger with me. Yeah. I noticed one, cause I, I don't know. I, when he left, I was just mad at the world. I, I, that's when I really became angry. Um, and that's when that happened. And, uh, you did know, you, did they force it, it you to have a, we had a house and everything. We had uh-huh. a house, dog, and all that, and all that was taken. Like, 
yeah i mean that's yeah. did they force you to see like uh the only reason I'm asking this because my girl does like mental health counseling for you know trouble. Did, yeah. they, did you have a therapist or like you so had to go we, through therapy? Yeah. Well, we didn't have that yet, but we had something called a mentor. So mm-hmm. that means like you have like some guy that comes and picks you up and takes you to like, uh, like Burger King or McDonald's <laughs> or to the library. It's like, like a big brother, big sister. Yeah, kind of mentor. Okay. You just play with them and talk to them about stuff. No, Do you keep it. in touch with them at all or no? No, dude, I've had so many people in and out of my life. It's insane. Like, so does um, that make you feel like, like it's oops. hard to, to you can? Does that make you feel like it's hard to like trust people because you've had so many like let not necessarily letdowns, but like yeah. you know traumatic events to where you know people come in for a second. Hey, are you okay? And then you never see them again. Hey, are you okay? And then they leave again, and yeah. no one's really like stuck around. No, and um, it doesn't make it doesn't say that I don't trust people because. It, it, what it did is just it makes me very independent to where I don't ask nobody for stuff right. and to well, where you won't hear from me for a long time. So like, how's that hell with your like your lasting relationships now though? Like, do you have lasting relationships that you? Can yeah, yeah, for you? sure, for sure, yeah. Because I, uh, you know, I worked on myself a lot. I, as I got older, I did counseling, and I because right. I was always I was always wondering like because uh, I was always like quiet person. Well, not quiet all the time, but I didn't really make a lot of friends because. I didn't trust people at the time because right. when, I was in, when I was in one of the foster homes, one of the kids had set us up and we got robbed. And, you know, I had got a gun held in my head and what? they took everything that I owned. I only had two pairs of pants after that, like one pair of shoes and all that. And I didn't trust nobody after that. I didn't go to no games, nobody's house, nothing. I just stayed mm-hmm. to myself all the time. And, you know, I had to work with therapy, I had to get over that fear of like other people because I didn't trust nobody after that. And every, all the time here on the news, especially living in like by Chicago, this person shot and killed this person. And yeah. I didn't trust people. Did, did and, that ever like, you know, did, cause I, I like, I, I mean, I didn't grow up in like no super troubled area, but I know how, I know how I can be, you know, I, I, I know how it is, but was that ever presented to you? Like, you know, maybe some type of gang or like, cause you know, you're always looking for yeah, all, a group of, I, you know, yeah, because I grew I mean, I grew up in, um, like, I've been to 13 different foster homes, three homeless Jesus. shelters, and a jail facility for two years. How How is that, though, like, with the whole foster? Because, like, is it... So what it is, is it's, it's basically, like, you, this is how it works. They find a family that lives in, like, while I was living in Rockford. They find a family. Okay, this person's available. Take your stuff, get dropped off. You've never met them before, never spoken to them. So how do they even know if, if you're even a good fit for this family? Or like that's you the know, thing. that's see, that's how it works. Is you get dropped off, you live with them, and then yeah, if no... they don't want you no more, they just put in their two week notice and you're gone. You just leave the house. So this is so like it's like rent a kid. That's exactly how it is, and that's what made me not trust people because one minute I would be living in a home. And it got to the point where I would legit leave my clothes in my trash bags. I I couldn't even afford suitcases. I would just have trash bags, all my stuff. And it got mm-hmm. so bad to the point where I would just leave my clothes in trash bags because the minute you did something wrong that they didn't like, you would be gone. Like this one lady, she got mad at me because whenever I finished eating, I forgot to push in the chair all the way. And she got <laughs> so sick of that. This to ain't going to work. Where to the point <laughs> to the point where she called my caseworker and threatened to have me kicked out while I was at school. And you know, um that I was always I was always the type of person to be nervous because yeah. you never know. One day you could be at school and that's what happened to me. One day it was my senior year, uh 2019 and um 
the first basketball game of the year was coming up mm-hmm. and I come home from school and I'm, you know, I'm yeah, having fun, you know, I'm getting ready to play the first game. I'm ready I'm doing practices and all that. And I've been working my ass off for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I come home and my caseworker is there and she tells me, you're not going to be living here no more. And I say, like, for what? And, you know, I start crying because it's like, it's my senior year basketball last year. Right. Eight, you don't, you don't need year. that going on right now. And, uh, and she says, because your foster parents get surgery on her hand. I says, what the hell does that have to do with me? I'm 18 years old. I can take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And after that, that's what happened. And I had to leave. Do you, keep in, do you keep in contact with any, did, did any of the families? No. 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 I don't want nothing to do with them. I'm, I'm good. Was there at least any like family that like stood out better than the rest? So I had four aunts and three uncles and grandparents. None of them wanted to take me in. Damn. What the fuck? Yeah. And I would legit. Are you sure? Are, are you are you sure that it's none of them wanting to take you in, or was it just something that happened behind the scenes that you have no idea about? So what happened was after things- me and my after me and my older sister got kicked out of my aunt and uncle's house, mm-hmm. um, the rest of the family like turned their back on us. Like they're like, no, you already messed it up. Like we don't want you. Really? And the the messed up part about it was is they would have family get-togethers and they would still invite me. And I'm like, and it, it really messed me up because it's like, okay, you're none of you guys want to take me in and you have me living in a foster home, but you mm-hmm. always want to invite me to these family get togethers. And I remember I'd be there and I'd be asking like, hey, can you take me in? Hey, can uh, if you take me in? I'll, I won't bother you. Nothing like that. You know, just being desperate to get out of these foster homes. And mm-hmm. yeah. th- then one point my grandma had called me out. She said, stop asking us to take you in. We don't want to. And Damn, are you sure you related to these people? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, as, as I got older, I found out, you know, like I started seeing, like, okay, like behind the scenes stuff. Like, they, I was, me and my sister are only African American people in a full white family. And Ooh. they hated the fact that my dad had kids with a black woman and the fact that she was Muslim. Wait, they wait, wait. Them. I thought your dad was white this whole time. <laughs> I mean, black this whole time. No, my dad was white. My mom, my mom was yeah, white. <laughs> Oh and, shit! Uh, and they hated that, and you know, like, so as I got older, I started catching on to that stuff, and I, you know, start when you hear about the police shootings and stuff, you start paying attention to what side they're taking, and you know, I remember oh. being a little kid, they're saying, "Well, it's Trayvon Martin's fault; he shouldn't have been doing this. It's Mike Brown's fault; he shouldn't have been resisting arrest, and all that." And you start listening and hearing that, mm-hmm. and then you start putting the two and two together, and it's like we're the only two half black people in an all white family. And I remember my sister had actually seen letters that my grandparents had wrote to my dad while he's the Marine saying that my mom has AIDS and if you do this, we'll disown you and all this. Oh, and, that. Shit. and I'm like, damn. And uh, so basically that, you guys weren't even supposed to be born. That's what they like. Basically, that's how they're making it seem, you know, like it was some type of accident. That's kind of fucked up. You know, it's it is. And it I really, mean, it's hard uh, enough to deal with being, you know, in and yeah. out of foster homes and, and child abuse and the whole nine yards. Yeah. But then like, you know, you always would think that relatives and cousins or whatever would be like, Hey, you know, regardless of if, you know, his mom is this or his dad is that, you know, that's still our blood. Like we gotta, we gotta take care of them. But yeah. You know, and they all got homes. They all got nice homes. They all mm-hmm. got good jobs. And you know, I assume you probably don't talk to none of them. No, 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 no. And it's funny because, uh, I haven't spoken to any of them mm-hmm. and, um, you know, uh, they, you know, now that they see it, got a book out and they see I'm doing well and making a little bit of noise. They mm-hmm. now they like for well, a person who I, I one of my now they're reaching out to you. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't spoken to her in like eight years. She's like, she liked all my stuff, on like four <laughs> or five posts on Instagram. And then another person I haven't spoken to in like five years, like my uncle I haven't spoken to, and they he's liking my stuff. And I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with y'all. Like, I'm a, and they, uh, you know, they try to throw up that Christian bullshit. <laughs> you're a Christian man, you're supposed to. And God it's like, forgives, okay, I don't. <laughs> I forgive, but I forgive you from a distance. I ain't, I'm not stupid. I'm not yeah, gonna, oh, yeah, it's okay. You know, yeah. Nah, bro, like, I'm not with all that. And, That's um, crazy, man. And what really pissed me off was not only was I living in foster homes, I was living in the hood in some of these foster homes. Like, there would be days where I come back and it's like the whole block is taped off with just police everywhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they would be—they would even tell me like your neighborhood is not a safe area. So take me in, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. See, it's not a safe area. And then like living in shelter homes and um, facilities, a lot of those kids would come straight from jail to there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the shelter homes, a lot of kids were in gangs because you know I'm in Chicago. Yeah, you 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 need to fa- yeah. like that's what people yeah. understand. Like it's not like you want to be part of a. You know, you, no. you want to be considered a gangbanger. It's just that, no, you know, you they're the only people. Yeah. Everybody they, wants that feeling of family. And exactly. they want that feeling of protection. And, you know, thank God, I you know, I was smart enough to not be in that, you know. But mm-hmm. I was, you know, I'm not going to say I was an innocent kid. Obviously, I was sent to a jail facility, you know. So, and, me, uh, so, so Devin, I don't want to cut you off, but, like, let me ask you this. This is one of the questions that I just want to, you know, get out before I forget. But, like, with all that happening, man, from pretty much birth until – you know, your, your, your teen years, like how, how do you, how does someone continuously like persevere? You know, how, how, how come you didn't fall off the deep and not saying I would want that, but like, you know, how did you continue to, I guess, be optimistic to the point to where like, you know, you can succeed regardless of, you know, no support or anything like that, write a book and, you know, and kind of just do a whole 180 with everything. Like what was that drive? I have that. Everybody else asking that. I don't know. It's it's God. It's, it really is like it. It really comes from the fact of being doubted and mm-hmm. and not having anything. Like it comes from. It just comes from always being doubted and never given a chance, never looked at. Mm-hmm. And you know, like growing up, you know, I would see. Uh, there's this one basketball player named Fred VanVleet. He plays on the Raptors. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, and I would, uh, and you know, I would be inspired by him because I would be in like a facility, and I'd be mm-hmm. watching him in the NBA. I'm like, damn, that's cool. He went to the NBA. He's from the same city I'm from, and I would just be like, that would get me going. You know, Derrick Rose, seeing him from come from Englewood to the NBA, and and it was like, sto- it, yeah, it sounds cliche, but it would legit be stories like that. People who I've never spoken to, never met. Mm-hmm. And that stuff would just inspire me. Like, wow, like if I work hard enough, like I can be, get out of all this. And it was okay. the survival for me. Like it was always not having nothing, always having to survive. Right. You know, I was surviving off of fucking lunch meals and surviving off of 50 cent gas station snacks. Cause yeah. my foster parent, like, like my foster homes, they wouldn't even have food in the fridge. Like I would legit be surviving off of school lunches and food. And in some of these facilities, I remember I'd ask my teachers like, Hey, can you please buy st- uh, groceries for me? I'm really hungry and all this and that. Mm-hmm. And they would come buy groceries and all this stuff for me. And I have it. And it always came from not having much and not having nothing. And that, that I always had a chip on my shoulder that, you know, I'm going to outwork these people and I'm out. And it was just a drive. And I can't really explain it, but it's just, 
I always yeah. had a chip on my shoulder. Like even to this day, I still wake up at four or five in the morning and I do schoolwork and I work out because I am writing the second book, just to get mm-hmm. that out there. I've there already written it. I've already <laughs> you guys are the first to hear look, he, yo, he, look he about to have a whole like yeah. showcase <laughs> yeah i am writing the second one and i'm already written 65 pages of it and like it just comes from like just being hungry because i never was given a chance always overlooked always doubted mm-hmm. you know coming from shelter homes and like i said surviving off of uh school lunches and how she couldn't even afford a dollar and 50 cents to get on the city bus walking outside right. with three coats on yeah well, trust me I'm from, I'm from the midwest i know that when they get cold yeah. that shit and, is um, unforgivable and yeah. it just yeah. came from not having it's like coming from nothing and it just yeah. came from not having nothing and that drive like it really drove me every single day like so like, I was, I, oh, go ahead which, sean what was it okay so to bring you down here to Tampa. all right was it that one uh, foster home you did in your senior year, was that like the last straw? You're like, I'm just done. I'm ready to get out of this town, get out of the city, get out of this well, everything. Or was there another instance act after that that caused something? Um, it was always, because like I said, I've been to 13 different foster homes. And what really made me snap was when one of these foster parents I was living with, um, we were outside. And, you know, we were raking the leaves and stuff like that and doing yard work. And um, mm-hmm. he had said something that really, he would say some hurtful things. Like he would, anytime he got mad at us, he'd say, that's why your family doesn't want you. That's why you're in foster care and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I think he, he said something like that. And I threw my rake down and I said, I'm not helping you no more. And <laughs> what yes. he did was is, uh, he took the leaves and the rake and he was raking the leaves and he started like raking them and throwing them, like having leaves, like breaking the leaves on me, on my clothes and all that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then he threw the rake at me and, you know, you know, uh, you know, everybody wants to be the tough guy. You're like, you're not going to do this to me and stuff. And so I remember I had gotten this face and we were arguing in each other's face. And uh, one of the foster kids had came and, you know, broke us up and everything. And I walked away to go inside. And as I walked away, he got in my way. And I shoulder bumped him, like literally just bumped shoulders with him. Yeah. Mind you, this was like 300 pounds, a grown ass man. And what he did was, is he called the police on me and he said he assaulted me uh-huh. by shoulder bumping him. And I was, and after that happened, I was arrested for that. And mm-hmm. I was taken to, and I had to spend two days in jail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to freaking get a mugshot. I had to get my, um, I had to get my uh, yeah jumpsuit on, um, fingerprinted, and that stupid ass rock because uh, Ron Frum is called Rockford Mugshots, and they post you on Facebook. Oh shit! So all my friends are seeing me on wow. Facebook, and they're like clowning me on Facebook, uh, like just making fun of me, laughing free, at me. Free devils. And, and you're yeah, a minor just, at the time. And I was just humiliated. And you're a minor at the time. How the hell? Well, I was 18. Oh, so okay, so you was so that's was the worst when they got you right yeah. at 18, like right at 18 at the start yeah. at the finish line with handcuffs. Ah, damn. Yeah. And after that, I just after that happened, I just snapped. Like yeah. I was like, "Fuck all this! I'm gonna go ahead and be successful." And li- literally, like I just snapped. And I remember after that happened, I said, "I'm moving to Florida." And oh, <laughs> you know, I'm a dumbass kid saying I'm moving to Florida, and I don't even know what the hell. We all said it. We all. Yeah, said I'm out of here. Why do you think we all? Oh, here? Fucking Mexico. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm packing my stuff. And I'm leaving. And uh, 
And, you know, when you're in foster care and you're with the state system, it's not that easy. So I had to go to court. Mm -hmm. One, I had to go to court for that incident. And, you know, obviously there's no charges pressed. It was expunged. Um, but but still, the whole point of having to go through that like ordeal. Yeah, bro. Like it made me upset, and it made me it, it snapped me. Like I I was like after that happened, I snapped, and I was just like, it just it really gave me the motivation and drive. And um, that happened, and you know I got clean off that and everything. And then I had to see another judge to be able to leave the state of Illinois because oh, yeah, the state of Illinois is yeah. my guardian, legal guardian. And in order for me to leave, I have to get permission from him, from this, from a judge. And I ended up being able to get permission by saying, I want to go to school, get a better life and all that. And I was able to convince them mm -hmm. and I was able to move to Florida. And it was that incident that happened where I was arrested that really, I mean, it happened. Like, I've always been, everybody's always known I've worked hard. Like people, I used to get up at four 30 in the morning and jog two miles to get to the gym mm -hmm. to work out. And um, like it just, but when that happened, like me being arrested and that happened, it really drove me to be successful, like yeah. even more. Yeah. I, everything, like what I learned to do was uh, what a lot of people can't do is everything negative that's ever happened to me. I've turned it in motivation to be successful because mm -hmm. a lot of my friends who I grew up with and stuff, like some of them are dead. Some of them are in jail. Some of them are homeless mm -hmm. on a corner somewhere. And, you know, like they we're never able to do that and you know they retaliate by trying to kill somebody or you know they retaliate with just saying i'm not going to do nothing with my life and they just get depressed and use that as an excuse and that that always i always had a fear of that because i watched um because like being like coming from these public house always public house stuff and all these foster homes like it always I was always scared of being homeless one day because i've been homeless and i was always scared of like right that you don't want to be that guy yeah I get what you mean. So that's what always drove me every single day, every day. Well, yeah, I was like, I don't want to be homeless. You know, that's again. that's. I mean, shit, man, Devin, that's a that's a hell of a story. It, it's 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 good to hear from you know, like I said, from your perspective, because a lot of times, you know, we see in the news or on social media or whatever it may be, like you know, like these stories, but they're not really gone over as well you as see, like you really don't know yeah. what's happening you, you know see you just see, like a, a brief a real brief yeah they try to, to yeah exactly and, and, and the fact yeah. that they bounce you around with you know different families like it's just like come on like you gotta understand like i mean now the the science and the knowledge behind like trauma and ptsd and child abuse and yes. so on and so forth it's more brought to the forefront and we understand yes. a lot more than we did you know 10 20 years ago but like that's just crazy man like and then people wonder why you know, kids grow up to be, you know, criminals or, you know, like you said, are homeless or selling drugs or whatever, because they, they, I mean, they don't got no other option. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, what are you expecting to do? Little um, so you're writing another book. You said you're, you're, you know, you've already started. What is book two supposed to be about? So book two is going to be a fiction book. Oh. And this book, because um, I wrote a nonfiction autobiography and okay. now I want to write a fiction book. And this book is going to be about, you know, two kids who grow up in rough areas mm -hmm. and they're sent to this school that takes all those kids from rough areas and gives them a chance by sending them to this fancy, nice school downtown. Oh, like the X-Men? Uh, no, yeah, like, like Hogwarts and Harry Potter. Like that. But, uh, but um, like literally like um, because, you know, when you go to your neighborhood public school, 
it's bad. Like, you know, you just fights every day. You don't have the, mm-hmm. the stuff that you need to be. That's, that's just, you know what, Sean? That is, is very true when yeah. he says, well, well, no, no, not, okay, not to that extreme, but I've, I've been in private school. I've been in public school. And there is such a huge difference in like. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a massive difference. Massive difference. Yeah. I've been both it's, it's crazy. I just wanted to go to private. Yeah. I was learning like the stuff I learned in private school. I remember the year later, I went to a public school. So we had moved. They were teaching yeah. in the, 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 the next grade stuff I learned like two years beforehand. And I was just like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Like, I don't, I feel smart, but everybody else is, is years behind. So huge difference. Yeah, and then like if you like for instance, I went my neighborhood schools were always bad in bad mm-hmm. areas. So like well, at least you didn't like, grow up in North Carolina. Like, there were there would be kids and yeah. like having like find find guns in kids' lockers and mm-hmm. have the dog come to sniff out stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you don't always and then like the, the um learning material isn't as good. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't have all the tools to be successful. So right. you know what I did with this book was, is I had two kids coming from rough areas. And what I did was is they took, and they had to test in to get into the school. And it takes all the kids from the rough areas who are able to test into the school. And they take them, they take them, uh, they get, give them all transportation and they transport them to this nice school downtown. Okay. And they're in the school and they're able to, you know, get, uh, get good learning, safe environment, you know, all this stuff. But then I also tell about the environment that they're in. Like one one part in the story is the kid is talking to his mom at the table mm-hmm. and a shooting happens right outside their front door. Mm-hmm. And another incident is, is the other kid, um, his brother was killed in gang violence and his dad is an alcoholic, abusive alcoholic. And he's getting hit on by his dad. And so, so it's, it's, so it's fiction, but it's also like has a, a realism. It's fiction, but it has well. real life true events. Okay. And what I'm is there to do, is there an, an age group you're like so aiming forward with this one? Middle school, high school, middle school is the lowest. But so what I'm know. trying to do is what I'm trying to do is be able to inspire kids who live in you know rough areas to inspire them to pursue whether that's ed- my point of view is education mm-hmm. and and you know keep uh, inspire kids to you know whatever area rough area that you're growing up in if you. Right. Stick to it. Keep stay focused on that. You can be successful, which is true. I mean, if you look at all the stories of all these people, Derrick Rose, you know, like I said, Fred Van mm-hmm. Fleet, you know, all these other people, they became successful off of that. Off of yeah. I focused. mean, like as sport, professional athletes, you know, th- depending on it doesn't really matter what sport, but like, you know, they yeah. are in a sense, you know, you know, mentors and people to look up to. Not all of them, but yeah. some are. Most of them. Yeah. So and that, um, yeah. No, I was gonna say, Devin, but, I mean, I had, uh, go ahead, Sean. Also, new black billionaires as well. I mean, that's true. That's true. That's very true. Saying. Um, Devin, I have one more question. I'm Sean. If you, you have a question, let me uh, just let me know as well. But oh, you go uh, last question for you, Devin. I noticed. I see you got the baby T-shirt on, and I see the tats. What do the t- <laughs> What do the tats mean? So my tattoos are all um, religious tattoos. So I have Proverbs three six, Jeremiah okay. twenty nine eleven. Um, I have the I can do all things through Christ uh, verse. I have the Holy Bible right here. Okay, I, I faith, like that. Faith right here. And I have the prayer hands right here. And then this eagle represents the eagle taking in all the information information and soaring with it. Okay. And I still got to get that area worked on. Okay. Then, so this is the religious arm. I call this the religious arm. And then this one 
is the motivational arm. So this is a lion with only the strong survive on the mm -hmm. back of it. Then this yeah. one is the Monopoly man with the bag of money that says hustle hard, <laughs> which means work hard for everything that you want. And then this deck of hands says play the hand that you're dealt, which stands for that's my situation. Whatever situation you're in, work hard and make it right. the best. And then this one is I shall fear no man but God. That's what I wanted. Um, and then this one I just recently got done uh, last week. This one is a biblical verse that says arrow of God. Oh, that and looks it, nice. It has Ephesians six ten on the shield, and that one's a motivational. That one's a motivational slash religious I, one too. I like them. I like them. Um, yeah. so, so they're all religious. So, uh, yeah, man, Devin, that was that was some great stuff, and we always like to end on a good note. So I'm gonna let my buddy here, Sean, kind of transition us yeah. into the next little segment here. Um, be prepared, though. I'm letting you know that. You had a great story, but I take no prisoners in this game we about to play. So <laughs> I'm cut through. Go ahead, shall I explain right. it to him? Well, hopefully you look, you've seen the actual before. If not, uh, well, you're about to be a part of it now. So we're gonna play what the Florida is. Basically, three wild stories happen in Florida, and as you know, Florida is a wild, wild place. Yeah. So I'm gonna read three stories. You're in Ciroc. I'm gonna tell me where those stories happen at here in Florida. And you don't tell me the city. You just tell me north, center, or south. That's it. That's all you got to know. North, uh, central, or south? North, yes. central, or south. So, like, okay. North Florida, North Florida, Central Florida, and South Florida. North Florida is going to be Jacksonville, Pensacola area. That's how okay. Now, he's new, to, he's new to Florida, so we, we'll give him a, a freebie. Yeah, give me a little bit. I'm going to break, so break it down for him. Break it down for him. Central Florida is going to be your Ocala, Gainesville, Orlando, even here. Okay. Whatever. And now, South Florida, everything below us. Everything. Okay. Reason. All right. Even though he screwed it up for like three years. So okay. So what do you consider? What do you consider Tampa to be? So I, consider, I consider Tampa to be. Um, it's not Central Florida and it's not South Florida and it's not North Florida. I consider it to be. A, it's like its own little thing. It's like its own little. Thing. <laughs> no, you got to pick what. I say it's Central. I say Central then because. North Florida is Tallahassee, Pensacola up there. South Florida is Miami all there. See, how come everyone always – see, see here, here's my thing about that. Everyone always says Miami is South Florida. Miami is on the Atlantic coast. It's not – has no uh, – Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait, wait. At all. I have to – wait, wait. Let me At all. Me I'm going to say mm. Tampa is south because the University of South Florida is in Tampa. Oh, my God. Oh, my so God. Gonna, you two are brothers. I swear to I'm God, you two south. are brothers. He, Sean said that same exact thing. All right. I give up. Whatever. We're in South Florida, I guess. <laughs> my wife agrees with him, though, unfortunately. I mean, it's called the University of South Florida, and it's in Tampa. Thank you. Thank so, <laughs> it's, not, it's not like it's... Uh, not the University of... University of Central Florida is in Orlando. Okay, well, it's not like yeah, New exactly. Mexico is the new state in, in the United States. <laughs> you know? They could have called it the University of the Gulf of Mexico, and it could have been. It could have. All right, listen. More. Fair enough. We no, gonna have. I'm, listen, I'm gonna get in contact with the mayor or whoever puts the city maps <laughs> together, and we go figure this out. Uh, but yeah, anyway, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. But anyway, let's get let's get ready to the story. All right, so the first story though, I'm gonna read all three stories first before you decide yeah. where the story happened at first. Okay. First story. Florida man takes locomotive for a joy ride, causes damage to two thirty thousand dollars switches. Mm. That's 
Train, train, how do I don't even like to do this, but train stolen, taken on a 10 mile joyride. A train was taken for a joyride, and the police are trying to find the person who was responsible. Police said, Police, at, that's what I don't get. How do you steal a train? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Police and the company said someone started the train Saturday and then crashed it through a fence and ran it for about 10 miles, crossing several roads before putting it back to the yard. They actually took it back. The train does <laughs> not nice. have surveillance cameras, so investigators do not have any information yet about the suspect. They're asking anyone who knows who could be responsible to contact the police. Well, I don't want to snitch on him if, if he took it back. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all right, whatever. At least he brought it back. Okay. <laughs> That's story that's one. So that's story one. So we don't guess yet, but like no, try I'm to sorry. get started to think like, okay, who, who would do some shit like that? <laughs> right. Story two. A Florida man accused of, stay, of stealing an ambulance, getting it stuck in the mud. Mm. Yeah. You can steal a lot of shit in Florida. No, I'm trying to think that now. Like yeah. you can steal a train, an ambulance. Uh... <laughs> yeah. A Florida man stole, stole an ambulance from a hospital while first responders were assisting a patient but got the vehicle stuck in sand and mud, according to the sheriff's office. Where it showed the County Fire and Emergency Service ambulance was parked in the ambulance at the uh, hospital in, on Sunday at 12.30 while paramedics were inside the hospital dropping off the patient. Jesus. When paramedics returned, they realized the ambulance had been stolen and deputies said they determined 29-year-old Trey Cornwell of Wiki Watchy was behind the wheel. Oh! Yeah, this guy, you know where he's from, doesn't mean you know the story. That's true, that's true, that's true, okay. <laughs> Cornwell was accused of driving the stolen ambulance about eight miles away. Where he got it stuck in sand and mud as he was driving toward a body of water. Record showed mm. Cornwell ditched the ambulance and ran away, only to be arrested nearby a short time later. How did they get arrested so fast after the fact? Well, I guess they have a tracker on the ambulance. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Once it got stuck, though, you got you got to run. I mean, yeah, come on. I think it'd be more impressive if like <laughs> someone stole an ambulance, like as they were like coming to pick somebody up. Right, like it's emergency apps, ambulance comes, and somebody takes the ambulance, they come out like, What the fuck just happened? Yeah, <laughs> like, what the hell? yeah. <laughs> all right, you gotta have some balls to do that. All right, yeah, we're just last crazy. story. And of course, it wouldn't be Florida without a story like this. Masturbating Florida man tells police he was stressed and came to, to the public's parking lot because he didn't want to masturbate at home and get caught. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> That's crazy. A customer walking in, into a parking lot of a public store this week came upon a disturbing sight. A man was allegedly pleasuring himself in his SUV, police report said. The man later identified by police as Cruz Humis, 22, was seen watching a pornographic video on his cell phone and masturbating in his SUV outside the store on Monday, the report said. According to the report, he was in his SUV for about 15 minutes as customers <laughs> and cars went by. Yeah, but like, two counts of exposure of sex organs. Who's seeing that? Like, he's in an SUV that you gotta like. They must have been watching like the cameras. They must have been like, yeah. But it gets better. But it gets better. He told them he was stressed and came to the public's parking lot because he didn't want to masturbate at home and get caught. The report said he also told them that he does this in his car two to three times a week. (laughs) Wow, that's disgusting. All right, so um. (laughs) So, Devin, just to kind of recap, first story was the stolen train. Second was the yeah, stolen, stolen ambulance. And lastly was the dude beating off at the supermarket in the parking lot. Um, I'm going to let you go first. On the second one, you might have a little clue. I might have gave out 
you know, where plays that yeah. track yeah. or it might have been or it might be a throw off. Yeah, I, so no. so Dev, I'm gonna warn you, he does like tricky stuff like this. So they, so technically they could be like all in the same place in the they same could all be area in central. They could all be okay. in the north. Okay. Um, that happens all the time, but it could happen. So the so first I, so you want me to guess on number one or guess yeah. on number, you just guess number all of them, doesn't it? Number, number one. one. Yeah. Um number one, I'm gonna guess the train. stolen train. Mm, that doesn't sound like yeah, I'm gonna have to say North Florida. North Florida, what you got? Okay. Yeah. All right, so then I'm gonna say, damn, where can you get away with still in the train? Probably yeah, somewhere. that's what I'm trying to think. I think I'm gonna say north. I'm gonna say north as yeah. well because I feel like a lot of people don't live up there, so you could probably like still yeah, like get a train. Yeah, 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 nobody's watching. That's like more than actually happened in uh, Central Florida. That we Central Florida and in Ocala. Ocala what? Area. Oh, that's around here. There's a big train station in Ocala. <laughs> Huge train station in Ocala. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> All right, over <laughs> one. Okay, so number two, uh, the guys that stole the ambulance. The stolen the ambulance guy hospital. with a lightning bolt on the front of his face. That's um, his tattoo. Light, I'm definitely going to say that's, that's, uh, that's Tampa. That's going to be Central Florida. Damn. Or, oh, wait, we, we said South Florida, right? Tampa was South Florida? No, well, Tampa Central. Central. It'll be Central for now. Okay, gonna yeah. Uh, I'm, ne- I'm going to say that's definitely Tampa because the Tampa Bay Lightning play here. So that, that makes sense. Okay. All right. Well, shit. I mean, I gotta guess. I gotta change my answer. How many hockey teams are there in Florida, though? I'm gonna say South. I only, I only know the Lightning. Well, the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's the only. I mean, that's the only Lightning boat I can think of because. So, if you're a hockey fan in Florida, you live in like Jacksonville or Miami. You're still gonna be a fan of the only hockey team in the entire state. No, no, no. Miami has the Hurricanes. Ah, so they are two in the state. They are two. Does Jacksonville have a hockey team? No, no, no. There's a, there's, there's, the Florida, there's the there's the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then there's the Florida Panthers. So there's two. That's hockey a hockey team. Oh, I thought it was a baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida Panthers. Yeah, that's a hockey team. I said Miami yeah, Hurricanes. That's, that's a damn football team. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with Central too. Yeah. All right, Central. It it actually happened in Central. We keep watching. I see. Off. I know it. Yeah, it actually happened in Hernando County. In Hernando. Hell County. yeah! All right, so okay. one for one. Okay. One for one. Tiebreaker right here. But. <laughs> Where did what Publix did this man decide to make his nice new head store? <laughs> ah man, that's a hard one. Um, I'm kind of thinking of Miami because that's, that's she said. that 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 heat that 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 Florida heat make you go crazy sometimes. That sounds like <laughs> some like one of those Haitian people or something would do in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but but then I'm thinking of North Florida. And that's where, like, the hillbilly people live. So I'm thinking, like, <laughs> maybe somebody was just tired of being home and, and being in, like, living Remember, in he said he do a two, two three thousand a week. <laughs> I know. Man, and get away know. with it. <laughs> and you get away with it? Mm, uh, I don't see that happening in Miami. Um, I'm going to have to say North Florida for that one. North? Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go I'm gonna go south, man. I feel like, you know, like, I, I kind of go with your, your, your description of, the hotter it gets, the crazier you get. And I feel like yeah. it gets the closer you get south, the hotter it gets. And I feel yeah, like Yeah, but in the south, there's there's so many vibrant cities. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so but I also I also feel like in Miami they'd arrest you for some shit like that. Like they'd be like, you know what? You're going to jail. That's disgusting. So I'm I'm sticking myself because I and honestly I want to be a tiebreaker. I want I still love it how the whole time when you said south, you always say Miami. The whole south part of Florida, but yeah, I don't know what that is. I'm going to go with North because North ain't been picked in this one yet. So I'm going All with right. North. I say South. I got to I gotta give it to him. He's actually three for three for the first time of this year. This year, he's three for three. 
Wow. It actually happened in Coral, in Coral Springs in the Miami area. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Hell yeah. What did I say? I knew the monks were crazy down there. Man, no, I was one, no, I got the first one wrong. Remember? We got the first one wrong. Oh, yeah, you did get the first one wrong. You did yeah, get so the first two one wrong. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, Devin, win or lose, we all wow. winners in this yeah. game. As long as we're not from Florida originally, we all win <laughs> technically. Yeah. So we're good. Um, Devin, man, uh, I forgot to even ask. Like, you. G- yeah, man, you did Point. great, man. Um, give us, a, let us know, like, you know, book wise, how we find put your plugs how out there. You. How do people find you? Yeah. So you can go on Amazon. So you go mm-hmm. on Amazon, or you can go on Google and just look up Devin Palladino, and then my book will pop right up. Or if you go on Amazon, look up Devin Palladino, and the book is called My Testimony. You know, okay. pop up. And what's your what's your Instagram? What's your uh, IG and, yeah. and Facebook and all that good stuff? All that stuff. So Facebook Facebook name is Devin Paladino. Instagram name is Devin Paladino underscore three. Okay. And there'll be a picture of me in a suit and tie, and it'll pop up. And in my Instagram, you go on my Instagram, and the link of the book will be right there. You go okay. on my Facebook, and and in one of my Facebook posts, the link will be right there uh, to to the book. But you know, just go on Google, look me up. And then the book will it will show Devin Paladino and it will show author and then show books and then it will be right there. And we'll also put a link um in yeah. the in the video in the description and you know we'll give the proper okay. shout outs as well. So but yeah, man, thanks once again, man. I know we had to reschedule once or twice, but hey man, you, you oh yeah, so, yeah, that was a hell of a story. And you know, we uh, definitely we'll definitely have you back for over. your next book. Definitely have you back back for your next yeah, book. Yeah, I'm actually gonna work on um that that next book is actually I'm working on I'm I'm already sixty-five pages in so far. And I'm working on having that out by uh, finished writing it by May, mm-hmm. and I'm working on having it out by August okay. slash September. So, you know, okay. I won't be I won't be so lost of what I'm doing this time because I've already written one, so I know the steps. Now you to know. Take. And I'm not yeah. writing 330 pages. I'm only writing 200. Okay. So yeah. I'm 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 already almost halfway done. So that's what's up, buddy. Well, we'll be looking forward to it. Sean, you got you got yes. anything? Um. Let's see. Nope, not much. Just want to make sure that uh, everyone knows, you know, be out there, enjoy this beautiful weather. Oh, I see you got that Bronco stuff behind you, man. I feel oh, sorry. my God. Don't get him started with all oh, that oh, nonsense. Man. Yeah. He's a Manning fan. This is a... Uh, I'm, I'm uh, a Broncos fan through and through. Painful. This is a Green Bay Packers fan for life, man. Ah. Oh, you a ah, so, so, uh, Yeah, my man is saying how it goes. My, my it dude goes. Aaron Rodgers has signed the football. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's it. You got the wrong number 12 on there, man. You supposed to have the boy Brady. Touchdown. Man, we don't, uh, we, we, we don't say that around here. We don't say that. <laughs> ah, see? <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll, we'll be Championship City, baby. We're Championship City. Hey, that's all I got, right. Sean. Go ahead and that's uh, all you got. bring us all out. Right, that's all you got. All right, with that being said, this has been the Week Review with Sean Srock. I am Sean Kinnatoris, and that. And I'm your boy, Srock the Mike. Peace out. Thank you. Thanks for listening. All right, bro. Appreciate you guys. All right. Take care, buddy.